it's a negative reaction. So you've really got to think about those those pebbles in the shoe, so to speak, just ruin yeah. an otherwise beautiful experience. Yeah. Episode 217 of the Dan Bradbury Podcast from Tampa, Florida at Personify Studios. I'm stoked to be here because I, 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 I got to confess, I called the airline. I had them specifically screw you up. So you had to stay an extra day and shoot some extra episodes. <laughs> Let's just keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully, you're going to get out tonight. Kill me now. Yeah, because if you don't get out tonight, you are going to be one grumpy ass. I'm not even going to watch you in the studio tomorrow. I, I no. You won't. Well, you won't make yourself smell that bad. <laughs> you're already looking bad. So you, what Thank you're saying you. is you'll look as bad as you smell. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So what I love about this not only is that we are in my studio, but also. We're in the new format where we're talking and promising that the listeners or the watchers are going to get at least one specific strategy that they can do to implement in their business that will improve one of the six critical components of business, whether that be sales and marketing, sales, marketing, logistics uh, and operations and systems, legal, um, people and culture, or business finance. There you go. But I did. You nailed it. I mean, you messed it up in a weird order and all sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got them all. You got a solid B. Uh, solid B. I'll take that. I'll take a B. I've always been a B average guy. <laughs> anyway, um, so what is the topic we're talking about today? This week it's operations and systems. Mm, that's probably your second favorite of the six topics because it's the other one other than business finance, which requires no emotion or heart whatsoever. So you can be the cold-hearted, uncalculated, personal bastard that you are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. And talking about cold and heartless, uh, let's talk about AI. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, the, the, it's not about AI, but rather, or it's meta on AI. Right. So Sam Altman, one of the um, creators of ChatGBT, um, uh, has come out pushing for regulation. This boggles my mind. Um, on AI. Yeah. Like, how, how so? Well, how did he not see it coming, right? It's like, before you have to ask somebody to regulate your technology... You could self-regulate anytime you wanted to, right? He could have built in systems. If he tried to go open source and let's just share the information with everybody, and now he's like, oh, well, geez, maybe this open source technology wasn't the best idea to do with the technology that could surpass human knowledge. Well, I've got I've got two theories on this. Yeah. One which is mainstream and one which is a bit conspiracy theory. So oh, which, oh, let me hear, let me hear which, it. Which one, which one would you like? Let's start with the conspiracy theory. Well, look, so uh, the, well, the conspiracy theory would be to say, yeah, of course he's pushing for regulation now because they've got a competitive advantage. Uh, by the way, I buy into that one, 100%. Yes. Right, so, so he's pushing for regulation to shut out all the other upstarts so that they can, yep. you know, they're dominant. They're, they're, they're the head dog. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I don't think that's too bad of a conspiracy theory. It's not like you were saying they needed to wear aluminum foil on their head to prevent the EMF I'm, frequencies. I'm just going to nip this in the bud right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the normal uh, uh, theory, by the way? Uh, uh, well, the, uh, yeah, the normal theory is that, you know, all my problems started out as a good idea, right? So, like, mm. so they just start, and we don't think of the second-order consequences. We just kind of go, oh, yeah, this is great, and then yeah. we do it, and that's, that's kind of like a very entrepreneurial... Yeah, but seriously, with AI coming up with something like this, like, hasn't the man ever watched the Terminator series? We all have known about this. And all of a sudden, he's like, yeah. Well, it's, also, it's also ego. It's like, oh, yeah, well, it won't be like that for us because, you know, we, yeah, we're, 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 we're yeah. brilliant. We're clever. We'll figure all this out. Yeah, 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 yeah no problem. That's yeah. way downstream. Yeah. Interesting. So, by the way, uh, so we could literally go back to one of the strategies we used to talk about last episode, which is about doing pre-mortems. That was two episodes. Oh, two episodes ago. You're right. Yeah. I'm glad um, you're paying attention. I mean, two, that was two weeks ago, Topher. Yeah. A real long time. But in our world, <laughs> it was yesterday, so it kind of makes me think it was last one. Um, 
But but what a great strategy to apply that. Had he gone through and done a pre-mortem, I'll let you talk about that in a second, this wouldn't have been an issue. He would have known way longer ago. Right, right, right. Well, most business owners aren't aware of it, don't think about it, don't do it, and that's why that's why it blows up in their face. That's yeah. why do you, you why, manage to okay, scale well, and it just Well, let's blows. unpack what a pre-mortem is, and then I want to ask you a question about why they don't. Right. I mean, a pre-mortem in a nutshell is, you know, most people have heard of a post-mortem. post-mortem. So something dies, what, what killed the patient, right? Like, yeah. Figure out what killed them. Uh, a pre-mortem is figuring that out in advance. In other words, there's roughly three parts. It's... Whatever your design outcome for the project is, you fast forward beyond that end date. So let's say it was your revenue and profit target for a year. You fast forward beyond that end date and and imagine that you failed miserably. And then hypothetically, if you imagine that you failed miserably, you ask yourself, okay, what killed the patient? What caused, what were the most likely? So you make a list of the most likely causes that this project or this desired outcome failed. That's number one. Uh, uh, Number two, is you rank them in order of uh, either most likely to occur or the most detrimental if they do occur. My, yep. my preference is most likely to occur, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, and then number three is for, for, for each of the, the uh, top causes of death, so to speak, you come up with a strategy to uh, mitigate the risk mm-hmm. to either reduce the chance of it occurring or yep. reduce the damage if it does. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant, and it's something that I think everybody should do. And listen, I, I'll throw myself on the sword. I don't do that for every project that I create, right? Um, why don't you think entrepreneurs do that? Like, what, what, what is, is it because we're just eternally optimistic, so we don't want to look at that? Or is it something, like, so in the opposite that we are, we're so scared of it that we don't even go there? I'll go with good old-fashioned stupidity and hubris. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think... The makings of every entrepreneur out there at some level, yeah. I mean, look, if if people told us how hard it was going to be to be an entrepreneur, like, you wouldn't have started. And we believed them, yeah. Right, right. So it's helpful to have a certain degree of naive optimism to get going. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the transitions, I think, Topher, between a startup entrepreneur and an established business owner. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're a startup you've got to be blindly optimistic and be willing to run headfirst into all kinds of stupid, crazy shit to get through it. But once you get established, there's more uh, consequences. You've got more to lose. And you've got to remember that it's called your net profits, the net of your wins and your losses, right? So uh, uh, you do have to think about... Uh, things further upstream. If your business is a bigger beast, it's a. I'm mixing a thousand different metaphors here, but it's like it's like a a tanker. Like it's no longer quite as nimble. So you've got to think further afield if you need to turn a corner. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you saying that just reminded me of something that happened in your life. That when I bring it up, you're going to want to go on a rant, and it'll put you in an even worse oh. mood because you missed the flight. Remember what happened? What was this? Like this, the perfect example of this would be war conferences where we do your CEO mastermind. They changed their their system for parking or something, what, six months ago? This is the most retarded thing I've ever heard. <laughs> this, this is the epitome. It's good in people on systems because it's the epitome of bureaucracy. So Warwick Conferences is a... Ops and con- Systems. Uh, ops and Systems, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a conference venue that we, I've used for, I don't know, five, six years, something like that. Great venue. Excellent. Yeah. I, I moved there because they were significantly superior than my previous uh, uh, 
option. Right? Absolutely knocked it out of the park. But they're owned by Warwick University. Right? And then gradually over time, it's just got more bureaucra- bureaucratic. bureaucratic yeah. It's managed by a, a board. And as uh, a mentor of mine would say, you know, it's not by a board, by a, a committee, really. Yeah. So uh, a committee is the unfit elected by the unwilling to do the unnecessary. <laughs> and um, uh, so there's all kinds of weird and quirky rules. And it's just kind of gradual creep and the experience yeah. has gotten less good. I've noticed it. Right? Yeah. Well, uh, well, all of a sudden they say, oh, we, right, it's a conference venue. So there's all car- hundreds of people turning up there, right, with cars. Yeah. But there's enough parking generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden they decided to put an automated uh, number plate recognition system in. Mm-hmm. So the parking is, uh, it's still free, but you get fined if you don't book it yeah. online. What if you don't register it online. So, yeah. so it's not even... Um, uh, uh, and by the way, you have to do it every time. Yeah. You're like, so every if you go time. there, you know, I don't know, if you go there several times a month... Well, yeah, you're there at least once a week. Right. If so, not two, sometimes three times a right. week. Right. So, so, so you've got to go to the website. And of course, it's a... Just think like a government website. Yeah. Right? It's, it's hard it's to clunky, find. It's clunky. It's messy. Slow. It doesn't work every time. And of course, but if you don't register, yeah. you're going to get a fine. But it, but even worse, Trevor, it's not, it's not them. They've yeah. outsourced it. Yeah. They've outsourced it to a third party. You know what? It'd be interesting. I'd like to No, find no, I'm out. not done. So, okay. so, 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 <laughs> so, 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 I mean, think about it this way. So, like, you get hundreds of people come to, to events, and then it's like they're all told that they need to register, but the venue doesn't tell them because it's not them. The sign's up. Yeah. But, of course, then if, if, a, um, so if a client of mine doesn't realize, I need to check that they've done it. And if not, they go, how do I do it? Now, we've got the burden of telling them how yeah. to do it. Or if it doesn't work and we go to reception and say it's not working, they go, oh, it's, it's a third party. Yeah. Call, call the helpline. And, and, by the way, if, if, the, if all that stuff happens... Who's going to be, who is your customer going to be pissed at? That, that's the point. If, yeah. you get, if you get a fine in the post, right? I mean, everyone's had it with things like congestion charges, stuff like that, but if you can now get a fine, yep. you, like, a client's been invited to come to an event and then they end up with this fine that, that they're not going to think about the third party car park company. Literally, they could have had, because they're coming to your CEO mastermind, right? So they're going to be learning strategies that could help them. And I'm not exaggerating if I say double, triple, quadruple their sales, right? The stuff that you cover in your masterminds are absolutely amazing strategies for a group of fast-growing business owners. They could go to that, and they could get techniques that could quadruple right. their sales, get that fine, and what's their one memory of that oh, whole thing? Oh, you're pissed off. Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. fuming. Just, it, it's the pebble in the shoe, and that's the yeah. question. Yeah. It's uh, where's the pebble in your shoe? Like, oh, your customer's shoes. Like, what, what's mm-hmm. the, what are these things where like, it's, the, the emotional reaction? Yeah, it's listen an, up. This is the strategy coming. It, it, it's a negative reaction. So you've really got to think about those, those pebbles in the shoe, so to speak, just ruin yeah. an otherwise beautiful experience. Yeah. And, and so, that's, so there's two parts. Number one is think about the irritants, like do some mystery shopping, figure out what those irritants are and eliminate them. But a second strategy is where are you guilty of solving the wrong problem? Mm -hmm. Like, so solving Mm -hmm. a problem that didn't exist. So Warwick conferences have put this damn parking system in uh, and a system that's working perfectly well. Correct, even yeah. though even though it's free. Yeah. But because because they they would say, oh well, you know, it's to stop people parking there that aren't using the conference facilities. Yeah. But I'm like, they don't. Uh, 
uh, here's here's my conspiracy theory on this, by the way. Uh, look at who invented that stupid system, and I'm going to guess that it's like a donor to the university, and now they want to show how grateful that person is for giving them a million dollars for a new wing, and they're implementing the system. Uh, maybe. I, I suspect it's more probably. It's just a dog's body overreaction. You know, one person, yeah, one time. Yeah, my theory s- sounds way better. Yeah, I know, but uh, there's a lot of stupid people out there, Topher, <laughs> and there's a lot of uh, jobless. <laughs> at, least, at least you just said out there, not in here. Well, that may also be true. Uh, 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 at least one. The, uh, um, <laughs> at least half. There's the, the jobs worth, right? They're like yeah. that's one person, one time, part where they shouldn't. It's like, oh no, oh, we got to put in this whole new system. Yeah. It just doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, overreacting to one problem that happened. Right. Well, time. and here's where yeah. it shows up for entrepreneurs: is you get a customer complaint, yeah. right? And you don't get me wrong. I'm I'm in favor of dealing with complaints, but but if you get a batshit crazy customer that makes whether by unfortunate coincidence or, or they're just plain old crazy and they mm. think that you're ridiculous and your price should be a tenth of what it is and it's absolutely ludicrous. But then some people take it really personally and overreact. And, oh, my God, it's terrible. Yeah. Or, you know, back in the day, email marketing, when that customer replies going, oh, unsubscribe me from the spam. This is spam. And then you freak, freak out. out. And, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. By the way, and that, there, that, that, that speaks to a management issue as well. So here's another specific strategy the business owner is going to be doing is, is making sure that they're, they're training their management staff to be able to sift between real problems and drama problems that some employees just love to make worse than they really are. And I, cause, cause that'll never get to somebody like you as the business owner, you know, those problems rarely get up to your level. The managers just hear them and then they start implementing these changes. And then you don't hear about it until it's already too late, but training the management staff to understand the difference between, I guess you would call it a real and a fake problem. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, uh, we have a great, a great book of the week, which could help them to do that as well. I was just thinking that. Great book. It's called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits by Vern Harnish. Now, it's interesting. If you go back in the uh, podcast feed, um, uh, Vern was interviewed on this podcast a long, long time Oh, ago. wow, yeah. And um, uh, he, he also has written another book called Scaling Up. Interestingly, he, he doesn't mention Mastering the Rockefeller Habits uh, because he, he he thinks scaling up is a better book, I disagree. Oh, Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. We're always in love with our re- most recent book, though. That's just, right, right. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. But but there's twelve strategies, um, and uh, well, he he says it's about how to drive uh, um, company culture, and I think it has that impact. But they they're really systems. Yeah, interesting. Right, it, it, it's twelve strategies and systems. You know, there's a one page strategic planning there. There's, there's all kinds of things of systems you put in your business based upon the practices of Rockefeller, right? Yeah. So, so the um, inflation of justice, richest uh, uh, businessman of modern times. Yeah. So, uh, Master and Rockefeller habits. Very cool. Pop, pop quiz for a Rockefeller history lesson here. Who is Rockefeller's partner? That is very much an important part of the Florida history and culture. You oh, I do know, but I can't remember his name. I, I, but the, the book on it is Last Train to Paradise. Last Train to Paradise. Well, the, uh, and that's about him. Uh, it's uh, Henry Flagler. Yeah, uh, was his partner uh, and built all of the railroads and some of the best hotels in Florida. Yeah. Anyway, has nothing to do with this podcast, but I just thought, you know, we'd give a little teaching moment for the people listening. <laughs> What's the quote of the week, my friend? It's from our man. From my boy. Oh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. I already know. As soon as you light up like that, you'd like to, yep, I already know. Uh, it's like I, a teenage girl talking about right. Taylor Swift. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, from, 
It's kind of true as well. That makes that funny. So, um, uh, and Warren said, it's about systems. Uh, You don't have to do too many things right in life as long as you don't do too many things wrong. Mm, Brilliant. Yep. Systems, consistency. That's where it's at. To me, that sounds more like uh, not Warren Buffett, but his partner. What's his name? Charlie Munger. That sounds more like a Charlie Munger quote. I'm wondering if Charlie said that over coffee and Warren got credit for it. Right. Because that does sound more Charlie Munger, right? Right, right. I mean, it's an inversion. Really. It's yeah. like it's kind of rhymes with the Charlie Munger. I just want to. Uh, I just want to know where I'm going to die, so I never go there. Right? It's <laughs> exactly, like I just yeah. don't don't screw up. Yeah. Avoid the pitfalls. All right, my friend. Let's wrap it up. All right. As always, if you want a better business, you need to be a better business owner. Indeed. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, Nine and a Half Steps to Improving Your Profits and Cash Flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community to connect with other business owners. 